0: ready to play fantasy. I know I turn two in that day, but the laces ain't hot in my veins. I can turn two in every way, so I turn to you two today and smash play. I'm prepared to listen. The ex-fipping whip got me looking way past the pitches. Statistics all that I know, and I know that who is on first, he can say I'm ready to go. <laughs> I ain't trying to steal second or third. Cause I wanna win first How am I to put all of these numbers to words I know the terms from A to Z It's like a gift and a curse I know the difference between a splitter and a curve But if I can't put it in the points man then what's it worth I need the truth I need knowledge Found this podcast with all of it But well, what they call it Turn two. Turn two. Turn two. Turn two. what they do, do? Win leagues Catch
1: out. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Turn 2 Podcast brought to you by Rotofanatic.com. I'm your host, Matt Williams. Joining me today on the show is the co-owner of Rotofanatic. Also, you know him over at Fantasy Pros. He's a feature right over there. So, Carmen Mayorano, what is up, buddy? Hey, nah, hold on. Thanks. And most importantly, new
2: dad. Yes. So excited <laughs> to be a dad and also to be back on uh, Turn 2. It's been a while. The last time we were together on Turn 2 was for the second base preview when I said... um. I would take Jonathan Villar with my last second base uh, second baseman, and uh, that was clearly like four months ago because it's obviously not the case now. There
1: are worse mistakes you could have made than anything in the back end of your draft, so <laughs> we're not going to hold that against you at this moment. <laughs> uh, so the topic for today's show, everybody, is going to be hitting and lack thereof. It is the worst April we have ever seen on offense in the history of baseball practically. I mean, you know, I mean I guess it's the dead ball era, I guess. Uh, but yeah, it's it's brutal just to set the stage. I mean, we're gonna be talking vaguely about it and kind of how you can prepare for it for the rest of the season, whether we think it's gonna continue and and, and things of that nature. So um 232, that is the batting average, the league batting average, which is the lowest since April, the lowest in April since you know it's it's early, but since 1968. Everyone talks. Yeah. I mean, everyone talks about how, you know, pitching's taking over. There's a lot of the rumors that, Baseball wants to or they're going to they There's a lot of rules that they're checking out in the minors, which there's nothing wrong with that go and experiment we'll t- Maybe we'll talk about The home run derby thing later okay. but um, the, One of the main things was maybe moving the Mound down or moving it back in order To stop the dominance of pitching which You have to be careful with changing Things like that as far as like injury concerns Because pitchers will try to make up The difference and a lot of them will do it By trying to overthrow but Just in relation to hitting They're aware of the problem uh, which, you know, not only is 232, the lowest batting average since 1968, 24.6 strikeout rate league, ride, league wide is the highest of all time uh, in the opening month So, I mean, what are your general thoughts as you just see this? We'll dig into more specifics as the show goes on But I mean, is this something that um, you, you just noticed by yourself or is it just because it has been brought up like pretty, pretty steadily over the last couple of weeks?
2: Well, as you know, Matt, I am a fan of the Chicago Cubs who rank worst <laughs> in average and I'm pretty in at the bottom at slugging percentage, like 383 or something absurdly bad like that. So I'm definitely aware of it. And obviously it's been all over Twitter. It is. It's definitely concerning. Um, the three true outcomes are more at play more than ever before. Of course, part of me thinks that a lot of it is due to April weather. Slow starts just being with how cold it is and everything. Um it is a relatively small sample still just about a month being played. So definitely something we need to monitor. Absolutely. But I would definitely want to see how the trends go as we head into may here. It's
1: one thing interesting too, for anyone wondering, like if, if batting average is just down there, there's the new ball we're, In the beginning of the season or in spring training, we didn't know if like power would be down. And then there was this thing where max velocity was up, but distance was down because of the bounciness of the ball. But overall, I mean, OPS is the league wide OPS is 699. Lowest since 1992. So I mean, slugging on base. I mean, everything's down across the board. But when you notice, again, this is off the top of my head, it it, it seems like uh, a lot of pitchers are getting destroyed too. <laughs> so it's weird where I mean, the batting average overall is down, and I you're seeing b- bolt pens getting blown up left and right. So it's almost like just this really sloppy brand of baseball. But overall, um, you know, it is down. Uh, One interesting thing, too, is we talk about like how it could be weather It it could be a lot of different things I mean, the teams like the Mets, who I follow And this happened to a lot of other teams A lot of weather delays It's really throwing off timing for hitters So there's that, too Um, Batting average for balls in play is 284 Which, I mean, it's been steadily going down over the last few years But 2016, it was 300 2018, 296 Uh, 2022-92 this year down to 284 so that's just another thing in play where you're wanting a lot of lower um you look at lower batting average and you see a lot of the people with a a lot of those players with lower BABA. BABA is lower across the board as well and a lot of that has to do with quality of contact which you know has to do with a lot of things you know hard contact and sprint speed is in there but line drives And this is off the top of my head I can look this up But honestly uh, like last year the batting average For line drives for hitters are on like 660 which is Pretty damn good but for fly balls And ground balls is around like 220 230 so one Would assume that maybe there's just a lot more I mean there's a lot of strikeouts but when people are Actually making contact You were thinking maybe there's a lot Of ground balls and fly balls That leads a lot of people to the False assumption That i've seen a lot is that it's the launch angle revolutions problem there's just too many fly balls Which isn't really the case um jeremy frank put out mlb random stats anyone doesn't know i'm talking About on twitter 2002 the fly ball rate was 35.3 percent this year 35.7 percent it's not like a huge Difference in fly balls so it's 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 a complicated problem
2: (laughs) yeah one a lot to unpack There one jeremy frank lives one town north of where i grew up so uh Hey, Jeremy from Arlington Heights. What's going on? So you
1: can, you can trust
2: him more because of that. Absolutely. No <laughs> doubt about that. And one thing you didn't bring up, um, I have a suspicion. I didn't bring up
1: something. I tried bringing up everything. I know My, I, there's I, actually I one
2: thing that you didn't bring up that I think <laughs> we should maybe talk about. This is anecdotal, but I I'm kind of suspicious that teams are getting better at shifting. For yeah. example, I'm watching, I'm watching the Braves Cubs game last night. I'm seeing Marcelo Zuno just hit two absolute rockets. Combined batting average, um, about um, expected batting average of about 700. And he's just hitting it, lining it right at uh, David Bode, right up the middle. Mm-hmm. So like, if that's going to keep happening to Azuna, like that stinks. But his quality of contact is still good. Like I trust the skills more than that result in this instance. And I think that opening it up to a larger sample it, as we get into May here, I think that's going to show that Babbitt will bounce back probably to that 290 plus range that we saw for, from uh, last year.
1: Yeah that's a, that's a good point That's actually a huge point um, It's funny you watch it Like uh, there was some I can't remember what the movie was Where I, the pitcher was telling I, I mean it, maybe it was a I can't remember if it even was serious or a comedy Where the pitcher was like Telling a, a player to like inch Like uh, in, in, like a couple of uh, paces to the left <laughs> And then he stopped and he goes no keep going And yep. then a line drive got hit right to him Do you know what movie we're talking Wasn't about? Wasn't that the Sandlot? Was it the Sandlot? Where I he can't... raises
2: his hand up and he closes his eyes because And he didn't move because Benny yeah. Motioned him over there,
1: but um, I don't know. It's it's. I mean, the defenses are getting really sharp, but like you said, it's it's not it's not one thing. It's probably a combination of a lot. Off the top of my head, I feel like I mean, it is a small sample size. It's got to do with weather, but it's everything's across the board the lowest. So there is more to it than that. I think the ball may have something to do with it, which a lot of smart people are going out there doing their studies on the ball, and it keeps changing. Right, Uh, they keep coming to different conclusions with the more data we have. So we may not know. So all that being said, I mean, there's a lot of huge stars that are off to really poor starts. Charlie Blackman, who had a bad end to 2020, was batting over 400 for well over the first half of it. He's batting oh, yeah. 169. Marcel Zuna, like you said, batting 186. Uh, Ian Happ on your, uh, the Cubs, 139. <laughs> Alec so Bohm, bad. who seemed like. I did not know about the power because of, uh, you know, just a minor league track record We all thought he would grow into it, but the batting average seemed pretty safe He's batting 198 <laughs> uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's ugly, it's ugly So other than, I, I just did an article on Woba versus ex-Woba Where you are trying to identify breakout or, you know, a turn quick turnarounds Hitters that are off to a slow start that could turn around quickly And I tried to lean away from BABIP I did mention it Because again BABIP is down low And it seems to be a problem across the entire league So I I just concentrated more on Batted ball quality and things of that nature So what are you looking for In terms of in fantasy leagues Of how to combat this If you are Are you you actually just going on Knowing that this is like a lot of data And it, it could change very quickly As it heats up Or are you trying to actually actively um, do something about it in terms of maybe, you know, we mentioned line drives have that higher, much higher batting average clip. They're going to carry a higher BABIP. Um, Maybe go try to, you know, buy low or uh, go after some guys that are going to be safer bets for batting average.
2: Yeah. For, for your elite talents, like the, uh, like the top 50 bats in fantasy, like Ozuna, like black men, I'm absolutely trying to buy low or if I have them waiting it out, I trust their skills to, um, you know, to be, to regress to the mean over the course of this season. I think, I think trying to get rid of those guys based on a 20, 25 game sample might be foolish Just trying to hold or buy low on those guys, but guys like Ian Happ, I would definitely do a deeper dive on. Uh, for example, I know back in 2019, I know that he was absolutely terrible against fastballs. And over the weekend, I saw him strike out, I think multiple times against Freddie Peralta when he didn't have his best stuff. Uh, the announcers were saying he was throwing 92, 93 as a, as opposed to like that mid nineties that upper nineties were accustomed to seeing from him. So I want I'd like to do a deep dive on half and see if the fastball really is giving him trouble. And just based on that one uh, or those couple plate appearances, that might be the case. So obviously it's an individual by individual case basis here, unless, you know, it's a bat that you drafted within the first call it six, seven rounds. I I wouldn't give up on him.
1: in terms of um, just trying to attack the stat batting average as a, as a single statistic are you trying to fill any holes there where maybe you're thinking batting average on the whole could be lower i mean there's there's inexpensive hitters you can go out and get that um are performing poorly like brian reynolds Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he currently leads the league in line drive percentage, and he's someone I really believed in. And some others did. The, his batted ball profile looked good in 2020. It was a ton of bad luck. He looked like the hitter he was in 2019, and he's batting near 300 right now with a 35 and a half line drive percentage. That's that's not going to continue. But um, right. would you be going out trying to get hitters like that? Um, that you know maybe they're you know they're, they're still offer some power and speed but would you be trying more to fill in guys that have that kind of just that elite ability to have a batting average uh, before the season Luis Araya is like Nick Madrigal more for on base percentage for him I think by the way last time I checked side note I think Nick Madrigal had a 100% z contact that's pretty crazy <laughs> that's but um, but yeah I mean short long story short would you be looking to attack this as a specific uh, statistic early on uh, before everyone catches on that, uh, you know, uh, you can maybe, I don't know. I mean, do, do you think you can get a big advantage attacking the single statistic this season, or do you think that's overblown one month in?
2: I think it's slightly overblown one month in. I'm definitely not targeting guys like Arise and Madrigal just because they're, t- they're pretty much empty averages. You're going to get steals with Madrigal but he's continuing to hit in the bottom third of the order. Mm -hmm. So that's not someone I'm actively targeting someone like Brian Reynolds, who's going to hit in the middle of the order. We trust his 2019 average. We know that line drive rate isn't sticky, but we've seen that he is a line drive hitter. And while that 35% rate will come back down, he was probably um, a bargain at his ADP coming into the season. So that is definitely someone I am targeting. If, If I am going to go for a guy who, um, you know, who has a solid batting average, I definitely want to be targeting at least one other category, whether that means he's hitting higher up in the order or, you know, at worst like fifth in the lineup or he provides something else like steals.
1: Gotcha. Um, I mean, there's, there's guys that, there's a lot of injuries going around so I mean Luis Robert um he's he's healthy and off he's he's batting 305 a lot of early guys that can steal bases like Jazz Chisholm obviously he's batting 2 297 yeah. also injured
2: unfortunately yeah yeah
1: another injured one uh so there's not a ton of options that um of players that are going to give you the speed with the batting average even less with power and batting average uh so you can't exactly get the guys I'm about to mention on the cheap but um, Whit Merrifield, who everyone who has followed me long term knows that, I mean, I, I'll i take an L I after 2019, I thought that he was a maybe a compiler that was on his way down, I couldn't have been more wrong, but it, he seems safe for power uh, speed average, at least a decent average, I don't think his days of maybe batting over 300 are probably behind him, yeah. but he seems safe enough for 275 or above, uh, you know, 275, 280, 285. I think. And as the
2: 270, as he drops to 275, as we know the league average right now is going lower. So yeah. it's still kind of like he's hitting 300 or essentially that opportunity yes. cost is about the same.
1: Uh, or I mean, or, or would you be looking to maybe aggressively acquire anyone like that? I mean, the the because he's doing well. I mean, he's batting 276, three home runs, eight stolen bases. By no means is he gonna be cheap to acquire. But if you are to believe that this uh, Lower batting average is to continue uh, Maybe Maybe a guy like him is like Being even continually even at his High at an, even at a high right now being undervalued Right I mean yeah. there's other guys you can Get like Corey Seeger, who are Going to hit line drives and probably provide You with safe average at like the shortstop Position but you know the speed's not there There's just not that many guys like Trey Turner uh, You know and Whit Merrifield Is, is not Trey Turner but Uh, you know, I don't know if it's, I think it might be worth trying to go out there and acquire these guys this year, because I think that, I think by the time everyone realizes that batting averages, that could be a a big problem. It will probably be too late to acquire them even at the price today.
2: Yeah. Let's take one of your guys, uh, Jeff McNeil, uh, off to a slow start for sure. But I had him projected for, um, 300 plus batting average. And even if he's off to a slow start, we know that his um, his expected stats are relatively right in line where they need to be. He is hitting lower in the order than I think we initially thought just because Brandon Nimmo is sticking atop that order and is an absolute OBP beast. So good work on that. Um, but but he's definitely someone I would be targeting in terms of batting average plus other categories. If you think a guy was going to hit, you know, 280 or higher going into the season and he's off to a slow start and there's nothing that you can see that's drastically different in his hitting profile, I would still be targeting those guys and buying low on them.
1: was an interesting guy, uh, Beau Bichette, who it was, there was a, a big, he has a huge cheering section, but his, his ADP and his draft value was uh, very uh, debated because no one knew how many bases Toronto was going to steal this year after last year. So that was kind of the big thing. But no one really doubted his ability to hit the ball uh, after hitting 311 in 2019, 301 in 2020. He's batting 241 so far, 286 Babbitt again Babbitt blow across the league. That's low for him, but it's not awful. Nothing horrible really stands out is is strikeout rate is a little higher like it is across the the, the entire league is barrel rate? hard hit rate 45.9 his line drive rate is just really low um throughout his entire career in the Minors in the majors he's usually mid-20s to upwards of 30 but usually mid-20s uh right now He's 13.1 he seems like someone that would be a fantastic buy low um i mean that's Batting average aside <laughs> uh, That would be a good buy low kind of regardless uh, But do you think that If you were again you know, To repeat the problem over and over again If you were trying to fix this problem Do you think you'd be trying to buy low on elite Talent or would you Rather want to stick with the roster You drafted see how it shakes out And um, try to You know we, we mentioned Brian Reynolds is a good Example would you be trying to like Fix this problem um, In a You know, cheaper fashion. You know, (laughs) maybe make maybe Jake Cronenworth.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I obviously I lump the shed in with the Ozuna's of the world in terms of a top, you know, four or five round bat. Mm -hmm. And when I look at him, you know, last year his WRC plus is one twenty two. Right now, despite the sixty point drop in batting average, it's one ten. I mean, he's he's still doing really well over the course of a month. You know, that twelve percent difference doesn't mean a whole lot to me a month in. So if I can buy low. With you know owners who are panicking, who are uh, fantasy managers who are panicking or anxious, I'd much rather try and acquire an excellent talent like that rather than go to the waiver wire and hope you know Brian 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 Reynolds will um you know will have staying power. I think that if you can acquire as much talent as you can, whether that's trade be hopefully being a trade of a buy low of a great talent, that's that's much rather the route I'd go.
1: Yeah, and. My other thing is I mentioned, um, we, we talked a lot a lot of factors And the fact that the line drives are obviously a, a higher um, a better bet for for higher Babbit. When it comes to the new ball of you know the 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 exit velocity and drag thing, that's obviously going to be a problem more with guys that have fly balls and um, there's some smart guys like Alex Chamberlain have brought this up uh, you know that, you know if you're a fly ball hitter that is going to obviously affect you more you hit the ball in the air more it's not going to maybe make it to you know over the fence i've seen a ball hit by pete alonzo one of the hardest balls i kind of seen hit didn't leave the park <laughs> um just cuz it goes so high in the air and some some balls just die or they stay in the air long enough just long enough for for fielders to catch it gives them that extra 2 seconds to get to the pitch so i mean you look at look at some guys that are really struggling um, Austin Meadows uh, is is a big one. Just the, um, Matt Chapman is always going to have a low batting mm-hmm. average, yep. but yep. is is that um, how would that impact how you are going after hitters? Again, you know, this is a one month sample size, but I think it's enough where we know this is probably going to be a an issue going forward. As as the weather heats up, balls are going to fly further. That's always, but extreme pull hitters that you were counting on for batting average, which again, that's, it's a low BABIP skill. So there's not that many, but again, like, uh, you know, Austin Meadows is a good example. People were expecting a big bounce back for, for someone that doesn't hit a ton of ground balls, but is hitting a lot of fly balls so far Is it, would you be concerned or even looking to move off of players like that?
2: As you mentioned, you know, one, again, one month in, I'm not necessarily looking to move off of those types of guys just yet. I feel like in the case of Meadows, we saw him really struggle in 2020 because of COVID and then some other injuries from rushing back too quickly. You know, I feel like he's probably still adjusting some just given the lengthy layoff and trying to get his timing back. Overall, um, you know, these guys are human beings, right? They also notice these trends and they, you know, they're excellent professional hitters. They can, they're able to relatively adjust to the circumstances around them and with the ball. And over time, I think we'll see, you know, those kind of stats kind of course correct over the course of the season to the point of where I'm not worried just yet about, you know, too many hitters outside of Jonathan VR, of course.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, I agree. Uh, I agree. I I am more likely not going to be doing much to combat this problem that we've dedicated entire show to talking about, (laughs) not to say (laughs) we wasted everyone's time, but there are certain hitters I will look at. I mean, I will look into buying low on the the players I talked about. Whit Merrifield's a very interesting one because he can give you everything you need and batting average. So I may look to change things up in terms of the skills I looked for. Um, On the same team, Brandon Lau, he usually hits a a lot more line drives. He's hitting a lot of fly balls so far. So you can look at him and be like, all right, once that normalizes, um, he should be a little more on track. Austin Meadows, he's always hitting around 20 21 22 percent line drives he doesn't hit ground balls he does hit a lot of fly balls so um if there were someone who was still very interested and maybe this is a situation where you sell low to someone who is very interested i could entertain it um so I, i'm going to start looking at it i'm not saying i would sell low yeah um, but i i am looking at players that are going to be hitting a lot of fly balls that don't have that Reese Hoskins power. There's some guys where it just doesn't matter. But um yeah, the the ones with middling um power, I I may be looking like with an eyebrow raised looking moving forward because uh I think that if anything, uh this is those are the kind of players that I feel are probably gonna be held back by this long term.
2: Yeah. And I, I mean, in the case of Lau, I mean he he has shown an ability to barrel the ball well above league average rates. So I'm definitely not going to sell low on him. I expect his barrel rate to come around and those, you know, those, those line drives that we, you know, that we really like from him to come to fruition. But I understand your point of saying, you know, based on a combination of factors, if they're hitting more fly balls, but they're not barrels, he hasn't shown an ability to barrel the ball up at an above league average rate. That's probably someone, yeah, you could sell low on and potentially potentially, target someone like a Brian Reynolds, if it's, you know, late in and out, you know, if it's, if you're selling really low or something. By the way, we're not
1: telling anyone to sell Austin Meadows from Brian. Right.
2: Absolutely not. (laughs) Let's get
1: that out of the way. No. Uh, No. Yeah. Always a good example. Glaber Torres, uh, 23.8% line drive so far, only 36% ground balls, not bad. 39% fly balls, which isn't crazy, but he's hitting a lot of balls in the air. He's no home run so far. There is someone where i it's a trap, right? Because Austin Meadows, I think, is doing poorly, but he kind of has a cheering section I think Gleyber Torres, if you drafted him, most likely you either thought there was a bounce back Or you reluctantly drafted him because he fell too far and you felt you know Some people feel the need to grab a player when they fall, which is a mistake sometimes If you just don't want him But if you were looking to trade him, uh, there may not be much of a buying section out there But oh my god, would I be trying to unload him as, as much as I could? Uh, Would you be, as far as not maybe making moves um, uh, for trading or dropping You have players like this where you're locked in and you just kind of have to wait Are they just just a long-term bench for you? I mean, for me, if I had Torres, which I have zero shares He would not be in my starting lineup at all Unless my bench option was playing like three less games in a week
2: Yeah, I mean, I've got Torres and TGFBI my backup shortstop is Angelton Simmons, who was actually on fire to start the season and just mm-hmm. came back from COVID. We'll see how that goes. And then I also drafted Ha Seong Kim, which is not going so well. Yeah. So I think in that case, um, yeah, you have to. I'm sticking Simmons in middle infield most of the time, um, and just help hoping Torres just bounces back. If you if you're in a shallower league and you have got other options, maybe say like. This is not the best example because he's not doing that well either, but like a guy like D.D. Gregorius, Mm -hmm. that type of level talent who is, you know, doing well, maybe he's on, you know, he's on waivers in a shallower league where you could pick him up and just stick him at shortstop until Torres bounces back. That could be a smart strategy.
1: Yeah, Torres may have been, I wish I jumped on this example, earlier. I think he could be one of the better examples. There's a few out there that, I mean, he's not, he walks 12.9% of the time. He's only striking out 19.4% of
2: the time. Six percent below league average.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's he has a two eighty-six AB, Babip, 286, ABAP, uh, BABAP, 286 le- the last season, 296 the year before. It's there's not much of an improvement coming your way. Uh so this is all batted ball quality. And I mean his, his barrel rate last year was 3.7. This year it's 4.8. So it's looked like more of the same. So yeah, they, there's a I'm not I'm not digging what I'm seeing out of Glaber Torres. Is there any other hitters that uh you know we're trying to dig out examples here?
2: I mean, Kevon Biggio is 4% below league average in WRC+. Mm-hmm. I think that we both agree that he was overdrafted heading into the season. If he, you know, George Springer's coming back, I don't see, you know, like a big string of success happening for him. He, he's probably someone I would try and unload because we know who he is. He's not providing you that batting average, and he probably won't steal as much as you'd like him to, just given the strength of that lineup. that's That's another guy that comes to the top of my head.
1: Yeah, I mean, and there's there's other players that this doesn't. I mean, I people DM me all the time after I did the um, the the breakouts or the quick turnarounds, I should say. Guys like Francisco Lindor. I mean, there, there's people that are hitting a ton of ground balls, which is always bad. That has nothing to do necessarily with what we're talking about. Uh, you know, that's that's just an early season thing. He'll he'll turn it around. He's, his barrel rate's 1.7. He's he's hitting 54.2% ground balls. He's usually around less than 40. This that's a completely separate issue, but. Yeah, it, it, the, the league-wide crappy batting average is is an issue, and it looks like it's something that's going to stick around for a, a while now because, I don't know, it's just pitchers have the upper hand. You're going to have to deal with strikeouts. If strikeouts aren't a problem in your league, you know, on-base percentage isn't a big issue. Walks, you know, a lot of players are, like, still not getting hits, but they're walking, but in, in a typical league, that doesn't help you at all. So, we've said a lot here and uh the i mean if you're listening the the names that have stuck out the most are austin meadows and brian <laughs> reynolds so if you're looking for like as something actionable what after talking about this are you doing because like i feel like there's not a ton you can you want to keep an eye on it but i feel like you should make you should make some moves right now because i think that this problem will continue and you can ignore it because if batting average is low across the board, the entire batting average in your league will be low. This, this will affect probably every single team. And therefore, it'll kind of even out, you know, one to 12, one to 15, depending on, you know, in your Erdő league. But I think there's an advantage to be gained if you do take this seriously and try to maybe remove really bad. Uh, options from your team from batting average just like you would in a draft I think you just have to expand like if you avoided joey gallo in a draft because you know You expected him to still be a 210 hitter with possibly 40 home runs um, You you know you look at some of these hitters that are struggling early, you know You try to id these guys that you don't think will maybe climb their way out of a low batting average Maybe because of the new baller this situation of this season and uh, Maybe try to reconfigure I would try to do something. What what would you be doing?
2: Yeah, go, go, go buy low, check out, check out with your league mates, check on the guy who rosters, Marcelo Azuna, say, Hey, you know, Azuna's struggling. Are you looking to move him? Things of that nature. You know, I'm, I'm DMing Max Freeze and Glarf saying, Hey, are you concerned about Azuna? Just do, do those check-ins. You never know what can happen. Um, three years ago in a work league, I, you know, Michael Franco was off to a hot start, traded in for Carlos Santana after one month. Carlos Santana had his breakout year that year. You guys can do very similar things like that just by putting the work in. It won't fix itself, of course. You have to go out and make those moves happen, but I guarantee you there's at least one league mate that is panicking about one of their slow starters that you can acquire for a lot less than you could on draft day.
1: All right. I mean, that pretty much wraps it up. Uh, I There's not many moves. I mean, it, get making – Making moves like Marcelo Zuna is is not going to be obviously in the cards for everybody, especially for the team that already rosters Marcelo Zuna. So, if you had to make a move that is, um, you know, non obvious, I know you didn't seem as excited about it. If you're in a shallower league, I you can't really do much in terms of going after the Luis Arias of the world. Like Carmen said earlier, if you're in a shallow league, you have to kind of aim for the fence. You cannot afford. To go after one category players or even two category players if you're in a if you're in a 12 or more like 15 team league The a lot of the players are already rostered um, But if you can make trades I would I would actually look into that because there's gonna be so many injuries There's gonna be weird things with covid Um, there's there's constant things you can do and you can afford to take more chances I would the 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 line drives the hitters we talked about like the brian reynolds of the world David fletcher is not off to the start he hopes to be but I would look into safer options. Whit Merrifield is a great person where I would buy high on uh, But yeah, I would I would look into those players we talked about Like I said, Austin Meadows concerns me Nate Lode or uh, Brandon Loud doesn't concern me Just look into the reasons why they're performing poorly There's some, you know, the BABIP reasons and the, the batted ball profile, everything we said But, um, you know, if you listen to the show again there's There's specific things that I think is more likely to be hurt by the new ball you know, by you know everything that we've seen so far, by the higher strikeouts, you want to you want people to make contact, and you want people to hit line drives, basically, right? Uh, it, which is which is kind of like an obvious thing, but uh, you know the in drafts, it's not necessarily something you look for. So you know, go set some filters, dig through baseball of hunt, dig through fan graphs try to ID some guys, uh, because um, it's early, and some of the guys that are struggling are going to turn around, and some of the guys are not. So uh, it's easier said than done, but uh, there's, there's a science to this and uh, there's at least a process of trying to figure this out, at least in terms of what we think is going to happen. So I think, yeah, that's the move. You mentioned Jeff McNeil. We mentioned a bunch, a bunch of other names. So uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting. And
2: Yeah. And one other thing for all the deep leaguers out there, I'm going to borrow a book a playbook out of a, borrow a page out of Paul Sport's playbook and say that turn the back end of your roster in those deep leagues you can turn up guys like Adelis Garcia if you, you know, if you're turning the back end of the roster, things of that nature. You, can, if you, especially if you, if you see on Twitter that a couple analysts are hyping up a certain guy like Garcia, you know, throw five bucks at him, see if you get him for someone who's not performing very well that you drafted, you know, at the very end of your draft. Whereas, you know, if you try and get him now, he'll probably be like at least fifty dollars in fab. Same, same on the pitching side with Ryan Weathers. You see that? Oh, he's going to be the fifth starter in San Diego. You know, that's we're taking a shot on. If you bid the ten dollars. A week early, you've got him so much cheaper than you would right now when everyone sees that he's a potential breakout for the entire year. So try and ID guys like that. You know, scour Twitter, scour the player notes, things of that nature. Yeah. And uh, one final
1: note is it's something that is obvious, but is something that maybe people didn't put as much value into before the season. Is um, strikeouts are an all-time high. Go find pitters that don't strike out. Yes. I mean, it's simple. I mentioned Francisco Lindor. He's off to a bad start. He's only striking out 10.1 percent of the time. He'll turn around that's that's kind of an obvious he's batting 061 that's not going to continue carlos santana you mentioned him earlier Mm -hmm. he's not known at least recently for having a high batting average he's batting 244 which is actually fine right he doesn't strike out he hits line drives um there's there's plenty of other hitters that that are like the anthony rizzo doesn't strike out a ton uh vladimir guerrero jr good luck trading for him (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah but uh yandy diaz uh yuli Gurriel is not striking out much i mean it's just there's weird pit players out there that that are it, less expensive, I should say Look into them Because I think that is something like, you know It, it seems obvious, but a lot of people just aren't doing it Because they're, they, you know, everyone's obsessed with getting power and speed But there's there's little things you can do that are semi-obvious That no one is actually bothering to, to look at So, mm. I mean, Nick Madrigal, I do believe in him uh, I always kind of have uh, You know, he's going to continue to have a higher batting average and he's going to steal some bases I I would be looking to acquire something like that If you have someone you don't believe in Like if um, Austin Meadows Someone really wanted him And they wanted to I could, you know, acquire You know, maybe trade a second player And then get Francisco Lindor and Magical Like I traded um, someone that someone believed <laughs> I'm trying to think of an example Because obviously no one's giving away Francisco Lindor uh, But yeah, if you could just try to put those things together You know what I mean? Um so I'm like kind of rambling here without examples, but hopefully, hopefully the point is sticking where don't sit on your hands. I am always pounding for people to be patient. It's early, but, you know, at least be, be aware of what's happening and make prudent moves based upon like, you know, read the room. So Yes.
2: Um, and last resort, if you don't want to deal with the BA volatility and you don't want to do the work on trying to look at those, look at the guys who could potentially bounce back playing an OBP league, Walk rates are so much more stable. You know, they're obviously more baseball treats them as they should, whereas fantasy baseball, they're not really counted for unless you do play in the OBP league. So I love OBP leagues and they're a lot less volatile. So that's an option for you as well.
1: Stitch them both. Make a Woba league. Woba league would be great. Are they a thing? They should be a thing.
2: We should get together an advanced metrics uh, fantasy league next year.
1: <laughs> if you played in a Woba League right now, everybody, the top 10 players would be Mike Trout, Ronald Acuna Jr., Jesse Winker, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Yerman Mercedes, JD Martinez, Bryce Harper, Yuli Guriel, Nelson Cruz, and Justin Turner. The most underrated player in all of baseball, Justin yes. Turner. So. No doubt. Anyway, that, that does it for the turn two podcast. Hopefully you got this convoluted information that's kind of like jumbled into a you know a half hour to 40 minutes and and you can use it. You maybe have to re-listen to this. If you have any questions, definitely reach out to either of us on Twitter. We'll be happy to talk about it. Because it's uh, it's it's a it's a confusing situation that a lot of people have very different takes on. So some people will listen to this and and disagree. Uh, but you know, it, we're not telling you to we're not telling you to, to sell off players of value, we're just telling you to be smart about it, Carmen uh, any final thoughts? And then of course, let everyone know where they can, you know, reach out to you and, and find all
2: your stuff. My final thought is go buy low, unless it's still in more then don't do it. <laughs> you can find me uh, at carms clubhouse on Twitter. Like Matt said, co-owner wrote a fanatic, uh, should be jumping into the content game soon. Now that, um, our baby is sleeping more than three hours at a time. And you can also find me at uh, fantasy pros.
1: Oh, real quick. This is the question that everyone wants to know. Your your newborn. What, what is what 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 does your newborn think about Madison Bumgarner's no hitter? No hitter? Yes, yes or no?
2: Why does MLB, she she keeps asking me, Daddy? Why does MLB have seven inning double headers and then not count anything for <laughs> uh, them? All right, well, there, you,
1: <laughs> there you have it. We have the view of the new generation, man, Fred. They want it to be a no hitter. So that's that's that. All right, everybody. You can follow me on Twitter, Matt Williams, M A T T W I seven seven I M S. We'll be back next week on the Turn Team Podcast. See you, everybody.
0: My oh my, put me in, Coach. I'm ready to play fantasy. I know I turn two in that day, but the laces isn't high in my veins I can turn two in every way, so I turn to you two today And smash play, I'm prepared to listen The ex-fippin' whip got me looking way past the pitches Statistics all that I know, and I know that who is on first You can say I'm ready to go <laughs> I ain't tryna steal second or third Cause I wanna win first How am I to put all of these numbers to words I know the terms from A to Z It's like a gift and a curse I know the difference between a splitter and a curb But if I can't put it in the points man And what's it worth I need the truth I need knowledge Found this podcast with all of it But well, what they call it Turn two Turn two What are they do Win leads. Catch out Catch out